1: Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor, give us a five-star review, and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, Dean.
2: Well, good morning, Paula. It's
1: Monday morning, March 1st, 2021.
2: Yes, we normally do our podcasts on Saturday or Sunday, but we had a technical malfunction last night.
1: That's all right.
2: We're going to intake two. We're going to spare our listeners the really poor quality that our laptop microphone picked up rather than our high quality red blue Yeti microphone.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I'm sure the listeners are very excited to know
2: about that. <laughs> we're sparing you, listeners. It, yeah. was, it was pretty bad.
1: So, anyway, I'm excited to be doing it this morning because today is a super exciting day for Owensboro, Kentucky.
2: Well, tell me about that. I know it's exciting for me because I've been waiting for my annual physical for months and months. But why is it such an exciting day for the rest of Owensboro?
1: Because Wendell Foster Half Marathon registration opened today. Wow. And the first 100 people who registered, or maybe registered, it, it may be in the past now, get to register for $50.
2: Well, that's quite the bargain.
1: And I'm also pumped about next Monday, we're actually going to have that race director, John Gleason, on our podcast.
2: Well, that'll be a really interesting podcast. This will be the third year that they've attempted to host the half marathon. Last year, it ended up being virtual only. But the first year was just a huge success. Just the number of people that came from across the nation to... Little Owensboro, Kentucky, to participate in the event. And it was a beautiful day. The organization, the volunteers, the the race just went off without a hitch. And the swag and the medal, John did a great job putting it on. Looking forward to this year's.
1: Yes. And I also want to recap my weekend training a little bit because I felt like I had a pretty high volume weekend. But I feel like it was purposeful and I was excited about the results so on Saturday I had a two hour and 15 minute progression run where each 15 minutes was a little bit more effort than the previous 15 minutes felt very strong toward the end of that and that's what that's what we like to see is getting stronger as you go. And then yesterday morning February 28th it was pouring rain it had rained all night And it was pouring rain, and I got up early to practice my violin before the run. And at the end of that, I started getting text messages. And so I learned that I was going to be running solo (laughs) because my friends decided to wait until it was dry. So then all that starts flipping through my mind. Hmm, wonder if I should wait, too. So I looked, and it was 63 degrees and raining, and it said later it was going to be 45 degrees and raining so i took my chances with the higher temperature and had the green belt to myself i don't think i saw another living soul while i was out there some of the puddles were ankle deep i just felt like at some times i felt like a kid playing in the rain and wading through the puddles and i got it done and felt good about it
2: did you see any massive crawdads today.
1: <laughs> no, but yesterday we did. We were running along and my friend Kelly was like, oh my goodness, did you see that? And Bethany and Kelly and I turned back around and yes, that that little critter was large.
2: Yeah, I saw a picture on Facebook of that crawdad. It may have been more than one, but it looked like a lobster.
1: I think it was the same one. There, There couldn't be two that
2: big. <laughs> so We're talking about your run yesterday on Sunday. I got up and did my normal exercise routine, just working through some recovery from the marathon back in December. You know, really light run period now, and I've been really focusing on the swim. But having said that, I got the wild idea, even though it was raining, to go for a walk. While you were running in the rain, I didn't know you... We're running in the rain because I think you were still asleep. No, you were practicing your violin when I headed out on my walk. I ended up walking to the grocery to buy a few items for lunch.
1: For who?
2: Because we didn't have a whole lot of selection for our granddaughter, Ann. But I really enjoyed walking in the rain with my umbrella.
1: And did Ellianne enjoy the variety that you brought her?
2: she preferred her sweet potato just like always
1: oh she makes the sweetest little face when she's eating that sweet potato (laughs) she loves it she also ate an entire banana yesterday i usually i give her little slices of banana and she just picks out them doesn't eat them yesterday she was sitting in my lap and i just decided to peel a banana and i thought we'd share it we did not share it she ate the whole
2: thing wow Mm. yeah So I had planned on later in the day going for a swim. The local indoor pool doesn't open on Sundays till noon. And we had plans at noon. So I was going to do it later. But life happened. Our plans changed. Higher priority, better opportunities came along. So I decided my swim could wait till Monday.
1: Anytime all three of our kids come over and... Actually, I bore two children, but our daughter-in-law is our kid, too. Yes, she is. So anytime all three of our kids and Eliane are over here, it's a joyful and fulfilling day. So I'm glad you were able to forego that swim and just hang out with us.
2: Yeah. So that ties in with our podcast topic today. We are going to talk about work-life balance. As endurance athletes, we invest a lot in our hobby, not only financially on shoes and bikes, subscriptions, health club memberships, coaching, entry fees, physical therapy, can you think of anything else? The list goes on and on, but we also invest a lot of time. Endurance sports imply exercising for a long duration. In addition to the actual workouts, we do conditioning, stretching, icing, foam rolling, more and more to prevent injuries and prepare our bodies to increase either speed, distance, or both. To say the least, endurance sports take a time commitment. So how do we balance endurance sports with all the other life commitments? That's what we're going to talk about today. And, and you and I have found some ways throughout our marriage to balance training and racing even with busy careers and a family. So early in our marriage, you and I worked hard to start our careers and start raising a family and during those early years, our exercise was limited and squeezed in when possible. I would wake up before the kids and head out for a quick three-mile run most mornings. Being young and healthy and busy, I didn't feel the need to do the conditioning that I do now, before and after such a short run. My training was limited to less than 30 minutes a day back then. And that was great. I was able to stay fit, and I felt good showing up at local 5K races. My endurance fix was met at that time with a really low volume of training.
1: Yeah, sometimes you would run a little bit more than that, but I think you did a great job of balancing it with young children and your job. It wasn't much of an issue as far as squeezing my training in at that time because I came to the sport later in life, and my heavy training really didn't start until we were empty nesters but i did have a job that was extremely time consuming and required me to travel some and i do think this made it a little bit more challenging to figure out how to maximize the benefits you are gaining in each training session sometimes it meant you were getting up before the sun and getting it done and when you did meet the group of guys you didn't spend a lot of time like you didn't get there extremely early and you didn't hang around and shoot the breeze with them for long periods of time afterwards.
2: Yeah, I I really enjoyed running with a group, and we had lots of conversation, laughed a lot on those runs, but there was still business to be taken care of there. So, like you say, I didn't hang around very much once the workout was done because I had a family to get to. Oh, you missed us. Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) When I did begin running... At first, it was all solo runs. However, I began to run with that core group, and they had young children. At least some of them did. So we were constantly figuring out how to help them balance their lives and maximize the quality of our workouts and minimize the disruption away from their family. Honestly, we found that in order to enjoy our hobby of running and not... Do it at the expense of my friends missing time with their children. We often met at 4 o'clock in the morning. The girls could get their workout in and be home when their kids woke up. And we'd get them ready for school. On weekends, we'd still meet early because then they would have the rest of the day to dedicate to their families. The early hours were great for me as well. As you know, I loved getting to work super early before... All the chaos began in the day.
2: And you can only imagine the chaos that could go on in a middle school.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was always interesting, but fun. Yeah.
2: So as our kids grew up, I was able to add more time to my training. I ventured into triathlon, and we've talked about that a few times on podcasts. Even with this new challenge, I still didn't devote a huge amount of time to, to preparing. My runs were still... Typically in the morning, my swims were often on my lunch break because they were reasonably short. And I rode the bike mostly on the weekends. As I became more established in my career and our kids continued to become more independent, I began training for longer distance races, starting with the half marathon and moving up to the full. You were busy in your career as the principal and had to work a lot of late afternoons and nights So you and I discussed it, and we arranged for our kids to be taken to your office after school, and that's what allowed me to start meeting with the guys that became known as the Legion Park Group, and we would run about an hour every day, and also on the weekends, typically a little bit more on the weekends, but on the weekends it was really early, not four o'clock, but we tried to knock it out to not interrupt the whole day.
1: Yes, and it worked out well for the kids to be dropped off at the middle school and they would hang out in my office some but honestly Bethany was busy in her own right. As she was a gymnast and she spent three to four hours after school at the gym Monday through Friday. So she didn't hang out a ton at the middle school and Jacob at the time was still in elementary school but he joined the track and cross country team at the middle school. And he loved being there. And all the teachers were good to him and loved him, too. (laughs) He'd go visit. He was the social butterfly of the family.
2: He ruled the school. He did. So as our kids went through high school and college, my training increased. I started training for my first Ironman. That's when the time commitment really jumped. But we were at a point in our lives and careers where we could make it work you were super understanding and supportive. I was gone a lot, a lot more than I had been. And you carried the load for our family during those years. So for my first Ironman, I was mainly interested in finishing and just having a solid time. I trained about 12 hours a week. And then after that first one in 2013, you and I discussed it and we set the bar for Kona. Again, you were super supportive. And so the Ironman training continued. For Ironman number two, I uh, increased to about 13 hours per week. Not a huge jump. But these are just the hours that are logged in training peaks. It doesn't include the stretching, the nutrition prep, the bike maintenance, the route mapping. We're traveling two hours each way to Louisville several Saturdays throughout the training to ride the bike course.
1: Yeah, so honestly, for our work-life balance, I think your training volume being less when the kids needed us more was a great priority. But you were also consistent in those fewer hours you were able to devote, and I think all that consistency and not just throwing in the towel and saying "forget it, my kids are little, it's too hard to figure this out." I feel like those years of building that base and being consistent really paid off when you upped your volume and had the time to devote to Ironman training and I I will say this too you may have only been logging 13 hours per week in training peaks but it consumed a whole lot more time than that at that time you were coaching yourself so you were doing all the research creating all the plans and then executing and that took a fair amount of time but we were in agreement and I think that's what's important when we have a married athlete express interest in registering for a full distance triathlon especially if it's the first one we're going to want to know is your spouse on board and we may even do a zoom call that includes the athlete and the spouse it's a huge time commitment and we have to remember it's a hobby and there's no reason to create any kind of seat of division within your family unit you just really need to make sure on the same page on that one.
2: Right. The priorities need to be in line within the family. So after that second finish in Louisville, you and I had another discussion about my dream of going to Kona. And we talked about what my preparation would be different in preparing for number three, Ironman Louisville 2015. And we decided to hire a coach. I was investing a lot of time in training. But was I doing the right training to get me to Hawaii? Having a coach took most of the stress out of my training planning. And each week, I would look at the upcoming volume of training. You and I would discuss anything that would require an unusual amount of time. Or maybe you had a commitment one morning or evening, and my schedule needed to work around it. At that time, for Ironman number three, my recorded training and training peaks jumped to about 15 hours per week.
1: Yeah, and me being on board with... Us hiring a coach for you really didn't have anything to do with thinking you weren't doing the right training. We had talked about your first two races afterward and debriefed and felt like we did know your training was good and some ways to tweak it. But honestly, it, hiring a coach was a game changer as you were no longer utilizing so much energy in the research and creating the workouts. For the first time in this journey, you were able to kind of relax between sessions and really your brain could rest. You could think about something else between the sessions. So no matter how much an athlete knows about a sport, even coaches benefit from hiring a coach. It's like the old adage, a lawyer who represents himself has a fool for a client. So to me, even though you trained more hours per week, It felt like you were expending so much less time and energy after you hired your coach.
2: Yeah, and it was great to have someone to ask questions, to discuss issues. It really took a level of stress out of the whole process. Moving on to Ironman number three. Now having had a coach, to my disappointment, to your disappointment, I did not make the podium again. But I was getting closer. And I could tell that this consistent year after year of increasing my training was starting to wear on you and on me as well, and understandably so. So after little 2015, we decided 2016 would be my year. If I didn't qualify for Kona, then I would take a break for a bit. You, my marriage, my family are way more important than my endurance goals. So we decided Ironman Texas in May and then Ironman Louisville in October would be my last two attempts to qualify for Hawaii for a while if I didn't get in.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see the sport taking its toll on you especially. I mean, it's a huge commitment and you had a big goal and you wanted to accomplish that goal, but... At some point, you just have to step back and reevaluate. So we decided that 2016 is, you know, we started this journey really January of 2013. So we had done 2013, 2014, 2015, and now we were doing 2016. And honestly, it was taking its toll. And I was a little worried about, I didn't want you to dig a hole so big. But really, the sport changes you, and it's important to keep the training and competing in perspective. Anytime you devote that much time to something, it's going to change you. For example, when you're purposeful and making sure you get up in the mornings and devote time to Scripture and praying and seeking the Lord, that changes you. And That's what we want to make sure of with changes, that we're changing in the right direction, that we're making positive changes rather than negative changes. It's important for endurance athletes to look in the mirror from time to time and make sure that the hobby is creating positive changes. If it's not, step back and see what you need to do differently. I will say, too, if you're not careful, an endurance athlete can become extremely self-absorbed and we wanted to make sure that that wasn't happening in our family and I i don't think it was happening with you but we wanted to make sure that there was a reprieve at some point
2: yeah yeah so you know I was totally on board with the idea that I had two more opportunities to qualify and we were in agreement that we were going to go all in to try to make that happen in 2016 So my training for Ironman Texas jumped up to around 22 hours per week, and some weeks as high as 25 hours a week.
1: And again, that's just what Training Peaks was recording.
2: Yeah, and in addition to all the other things that were going on, I remember adding a massage a couple days a week and spending time in the sauna at the local health club trying to prepare for
1: Texas heat,
2: Texas heat, which wasn't gonna be much different than Louisville heat, but just trying to cover all the bases. But with all that training and a full-time job, I found it necessary to be very purposeful with all of my time, including my lunch breaks. My swim sets were too long for the lunch hour, so I would often drive to a deserted park at a nature park close to work and either take a 30-minute nap or a 30-minute walk to work out the lactate in my legs. I was fortunate to have accumulated a lot of vacation days at work and this allowed me to take several Fridays off to do my long bike rides so I could spend Saturday with you and the family. Again, this is something you and I discussed and agreed to because My vacation days are your vacation days because we want to spend those times together. But we agreed that this was the best route to take. Now, it may not be possible for everybody to do this, but for us, this was a huge step in balancing training with life. So thankfully, in May of 2016, down at the Woodlands in Texas, Ironman Texas, I finished high enough to qualify for Kona and and reach my dream. So we finished a three-year journey in Hawaii in October of 2016. And what an amazing experience that was. The Big Island is unbelievable. And being there to witness and participate in the most exclusive triathlon event in the world was a true blessing from God and an answer to prayer.
1: Well, if you will remember, our agreement and commitment actually could have taken us through October of 2017 because had you not qualified in Texas in May... You were then going to attempt to qualify in Louisville in October, and that would have qualified you for Kona in 2017. So I was super excited when you qualified in Texas.
2: Yeah, and I guess a side note here is Ironman events often filled up quickly. So when we agreed that Texas and Louisville were the two races for 2016, we went in and signed up for Louisville as well.
1: Yeah you were asking me earlier if there were other financial commitments and honestly it's probably the registration fees and the travel that take the biggest toll on the budget and I think that's another thing about work and life and balancing the hobby is creating a budget because of course we're huge Dave Ramsey fans anyway and we don't advocate any of our athletes to go in debt so it's also important to be in agreement with your spouse on how much money you're gonna pour into the sport. We never felt like we were spending money that we hadn't agreed in advance to spend.
2: So we worked within our finances and my job allowed me to train before work and after work and I was able to use my lunch break for extra recovery. You were generous and supportive allowing me to train. I was able to use some vacation days to make more room for the family but We were able to find a balance in my work and home life.
1: I think it helped, too, that my perspective had grown because I had also, during this time, become an endurance athlete. And I think it was helpful that the kids were older. Even being on the same page, it was hard at times. But I think we uh, handled it well. We made it work. And pay dirt. Bethany and I got a vacation to Hawaii at the end of all this.
2: I'm still a little jealous that while I was locked out of our condo in Hawaii, you and Bethany were touring the island by helicopter.
1: Yeah, well, don't leave the keys at the Walmart.
2: (laughs) Oh, what a day.
1: Hey, but I got two vacations out of the deal because Bethany and I explored the island by helicopter the week before. And you and I, after the race, stayed and explored... By automobile, so it was a win 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 for me, yeah. For sure,
2: it was a good time. Another aspect of work life balance is being available when needed. I mostly trained by myself, and when I would go on long bike rides out in the country or far away in Louisville, I would always keep my phone with me. That was an assurance for you that if something happened, I could call for help. And there were a few occasions where I had to make a phone call,
1: phone a friend.
2: And also having my phone with me may be available to co workers who had after hours issues that they needed to discuss. And you were able to give me a call if something came up. But I you did not give me a call. Yeah, you rarely called <laughs> because you didn't want to interrupt my training.
1: I did not.
2: And when you practice your violin, I try not to interrupt your violin
0: practice you've as got, well.
1: You've gotten a lot better at that. It doesn't take much for me to get distracted. With my violin, like, it takes a whole lot more brain power for me to practice a violin set than it takes for me to run. So sometimes I'll see in the corner of my eye you standing there at the door. And you haven't done this much lately, but you'd be standing there just kind of waiting. And I know you. the thought was, well, wait and not interrupt, but just knowing you were standing there, <laughs> my mind couldn't concentrate on the music in front of me. So, yeah, you've gotten a lot better.
2: So are you saying you don't like an audience?
1: I'm saying... Practice is not the time for an audience.
2: Oh, okay. So (laughs) performance is the time for an audience.
1: Yes, and obviously I've not been performing yet. You could. (laughs) I don't know about that. Anyway, podcast.
2: Moving right along. Another way we attempted to balance work and life in our training, in my training, was the Road ID app on my phone. Nightmare. So if you're not familiar with it, The concept is great. I could start the app when I began a long solo ride, and the app was configured to alert me when I stopped riding that I needed to disable an alarm, or it would contact you basically saying, Dean has stopped riding and is not responding. Wouldn't that be terrifying? And it was terrifying. This is great if I'm in a ditch somewhere after an accident, but it wasn't great when the app malfunctioned and sent you the alarm while I was just happily riding along in Lowell and didn't notice the app warning me that it was getting ready to send the distress call, thankfully, you called and I answered rather than you hopping in the car and racing two hours to Lowell try to find the spot on the app where it said I was laying in a ditch. Hopefully the app and the technology are better now than they were then. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I will say the app is a great concept, and I don't know if it was user error, like where you stopped at a restroom break and the alarm went off, or where are you riding down the road and it went off? I don't know if the app needed to be debugged or what, but...
2: I'm pretty sure I was still pedaling along down the road.
1: Either way, we had to ixnay the app because it was adding more stress on my end, which in turn would... Probably add more stress on your end, if I'm being honest. Yes. Yeah.
2: So that was the last time that I used the app. After that, I have made sure to share my routes with you and then give you an idea how long I expected to be gone with a little cushion. And then I would check in occasionally if I stopped for nutrition or a bathroom break or had to change a flat tire or something. So just a few small steps just to be considerate of your concern helped me feel more comfortable while I was out training. And that was important.
1: A few small steps go a long way.
2: After I reached my big goal of making it to Hawaii, you decided you wanted to do an Ironman. So our roles shifted. You started doing all the training. I coached you and your friend Kelly. And your training became a priority over my own. I still did things to stay in shape to stay fit but my focus really shifted to helping you supporting you and and others
1: yep and i think that's a good strategy in general that if you have more than one household member with endurance sports as a hobby to communicate and to take turns whose intense training cycle is it because honestly you and i don't want to be in an intense training cycle at the same time i think you did a great job transitioning from being competitor to Sherpa extraordinaire. And, of course, you were my coach. So, from the gate, I didn't have to worry about creating my own training plans. I was kind of able to focus on just executing. And so, even though I coach and love coaching, it was a huge help for me to have a coach for training.
2: Yeah. After reaching your goal of finishing Ironman Lul. 2017, which you did great in. You wanted to continue your quest for Boston, which you began in 2013. So again, my focus was on supporting you and reaching your goals. And for years and years, you were supporting me. Now it's my turn to support you. And you eventually did Boston qualify.
1: Yeah. And I think too, even though our cycles used to be longer, there would be a years of blocks or whatever i think we've gotten really proficient at our periodization in our own training so that when i'm having my huge build and a heavy training block you'll be more into a recovery block and then vice versa if you're in a huge training block like you just had your huge training block leading up to the gulf coast at the end of 2020 and i was completely in a recovery block and i think that really helps us to communicate and kind of coordinate our calendars where we're not both expending a huge amount of energy on training. One of us can kind of pick up the important things in the household.
2: Yeah, so I've been through some marathon blocks where my training was the focus for our family, and then you would go through a marathon block where your training was the focus for our family. So work-life balance for us has been about patience in consistency, communication, flexibility, and serving one another. We were able to find time away from work to do the necessary training, but we also respected each other and made adjustments to keep our marriage healthy.
1: Yeah, you know, Last night I was listening to, there's a lot of online sermons now because of the pandemic, and I was listening to a, a guy, I don't even think he's a pastor there, but he was preaching at Southeast Christian in Louisville and he was just talking about marriage and why you would get married or singleness and why you would stay single it was just really good balance but he said that if you don't want to change and if you don't want to serve then you probably don't want to get married I thought that was pretty interesting Wow!
2: yeah Yeah. there's a lot of truth to that Mm -hmm. so when our time commitments were greater While our kids and jobs required more time, we had small goals and less training. And then as our circumstances changed, we were able to face more challenging goals. It's so important for friends and family to be included in our decisions. Having their support is huge. You were so supportive when my training was the most intense. And without your support and encouragement, I wouldn't have been able to reach my goals. We see some athletes with small kids spending their weekdays at work, and their evenings and weekends training. Kids are so much more important than our endurance goals, and this can definitely be balanced, as we've talked about, but always remember to keep the main thing, the main thing, and keep the hobby just that, a hobby. You have a workout and your kid has a basketball game, reschedule the workout, go to the game, or the family comes over and you were wanting to go swim, well, figure out another time to go do your swim.
1: And we do have athletes that have young children. So we're not saying don't take care of yourself and don't have a hobby when your children are young because we have a lot of athletes who balance that and do it very well. But just always remember the kids are the priority. The spouse is the priority.
2: Yeah. We've made our own mistakes at times, putting training ahead of family, but we've worked through those mistakes and and really learned what's truly important.
1: What? Wait, what? Our marriage isn't perfect?
2: It's close. (laughs) Pretty close. Big goals can wait until later in life while the little blessings of life are running around, asking tons of questions, making messes, and learning new things every day.
1: Speaking of little blessings, have I ever mentioned that I'm a grandmom to Sweet Ellie Ann? You have mentioned that. It's funny, as a grandmom, I see things so much better for what they are. I think my kids look at me sometimes and just think I've lost my mind when they see me with Sweet Ellie Ann. But as a grandparent, I have such a different perspective. I don't know how fleeting those snuggly, informative years are. So I want to soak up every second that I can. And I'm blessed I keep her two to three days per week while Jacob and Shelby work. So I stay very flexible with my workout schedule. Still, most of the time I get up very early. My non-running friends refer to it as stupid o'clock in the morning. But I like to get up and get the workout over prior to the start of the day. If for some reason I don't do that... oftentimes I'll wait and do my workout while Ellie naps. We live in a neighborhood where we have a three-tenth-mile loop that I can get around quickly, and you work from home, which is a blessing. So if you hear her awakening, you open the garage door, and then I can come in and continue my care for her, and it doesn't interrupt your workday.
2: Yeah, and I really enjoy just seeing her bundle of energy and bundle of joy and the, the smile that she shines when I come in the room as I'm going to the restroom or getting something to drink. It's been a real blessing to be able to work from home.
1: Yeah, it has been a blessing because you just think about it while you're working at home. That's what you do. You work and you're back in your office, but you do have to get up and take care of business occasionally. And if you are not here... She wouldn't be seeing you two and three days a week, and she might react to you more the way she reacted to you yesterday when I was hogging her.
2: Yeah, she was so tired. She was super snuggly with you, but she didn't want to leave your arms.
1: Yeah, well, you had left. You had gone to Bethany's house for a little bit, and I spent every one of those minutes holding her in my arms and rocking her, and she was so snuggly and sweet. And then when you came in you thought maybe you'd give me a little bit of a break and so you know I tried to share the baby but she just snuggled into me and wasn't having it
2: that's okay oh so we talked a lot about marriage and kids but work-life balance isn't just for people who are married with children most people who are single have busy lives as well we all seem to find important ways to contribute to society friends may be a priority Volunteering may be a priority Whatever the case might be, it's not healthy for anyone to be self-absorbed and only focused on their own interests. The, the Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself, and it also says that we should care for those in need.
1: Yeah, our frame of reference obviously is in the context of marriage and a family because we have been married since we were 19 years old, so that's where our personal experience lies however we coach many athletes who are single and in many ways work life hobby balance can be more difficult for them because when you're married you have that spouse that holds you accountable and can kind of help you adjust and pull you back but when you're single you have to be cognizant of that on your own and you and I are both firm believers that whether you're married or single, the number one priority should be building that relationship with the Lord, loving the Lord our God with all our heart, all our mind, and all our soul. And then your priorities might be different if you're married or you're single beyond that. But you're going to have work goals. You're going to have relationship goals. And like you talked about, there's boards that you can be on or there's groups that you're a part of. I think sometimes our single athletes reach out to us even more than our married athletes so that there is that accountability in making sure that they're keeping the main things, the main things, and the hobby the hobby.
0: Yeah.
2: In most life circumstances, we can find a way to train even if it's not as much as we would like. Maybe you focus on a sprint triathlon instead of an Ironman for a period of time or maybe you focus on a a 10k race instead of an ultra marathon for a season in life. You and I, we've saved some of our biggest goals for later in life because we had more time. Maybe you are at a point in your life where things have settled down and you can train for something big, or maybe you need to pick challenging goals now that require less commitment and save those consuming goals for the future. As with all of our podcasts, we like to include a scripture And I found several scriptures that I felt like tied in with work-life balance, but I'm going to limit just one. And if you're familiar with the old Beatles music, you may remember this scripture being the uh, focus of one of their songs.
1: I don't really remember. Could you sing that for us, please? I
2: will decline that.
1: (laughs) Okay.
2: It's Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. For everything there is a season... A time for every activity under heaven. So the the scripture and the song talks about all the different things that can go on in life and that, that will happen in life. And it's just important for us to just maintain balance. We know we're going to have good days. We know we're going to have bad days. In the context of endurance sports, there are going to be periods of time when we're healthy. There's periods of time where we're injured. There's times when we can devote a lot of time to a big goal. There's going to be times when we need to really focus in on staying fit and focusing on smaller goals. Right. So it there's, needs to be balance.
1: There are times when there's a lot of stress with our athletes with their jobs. And then there's, like, they may have a big project or a big deadline coming up. And then there's a time where the job is much more of a 9-to-5 deal. And so we just kind of have to... Adjust workout loads to match life stress. Hey, if you enjoyed our podcast, we would love for you to search us on Facebook, RYR Endurance Team. We'd love to hear your comments and you can jump in there and let us know what topics you'd like us to cover in the future.
2: Talk to you next time.
0: At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com.
1: Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.